Welcome to episode two of the Black Girls Are From the Future podcast with Renina Wrights. We are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the publication of Black Girls Are From the Future, essays on race, digital creativity, and pop culture. So let's get into it. So today I was walking from Harris Teeter and I realized that my grief had taken, it's taking on new contours. When I was really like pushing through the journals and like getting the drafts done and like doing all the designing and all of that stuff three weeks ago, part of it was difficult because I was coming up on the 10 year anniversary of Black Girls Are From The Future and Jonesy's gone and Chanita is gone. And those are two people who really like held my hand a decade ago. And I think that it's one thing to not have people in your life. Like a lot of people who were there, like in my, you know, in my life as a supporter, a writer, a cheerleader, like we fell out or we're just not friends anymore. Or, you know, folks moved on to other phases of their life. That's one thing. But to have a whole, like your whole, <laughs> it, mm, to have a whole person gone from this plane and you're like doing the thing all over again in the summer <laughs> when you know with the same temperature it is just surreal and so i i don't feel um i don't feel i feel better now that i've got them out the door but what i think what i'm trying to share with you all is that it's so nonlinear and Josephine actually popped into DC on Tuesday and I was able to see her and I see, I saw her in May and then I saw her on Tuesday, literally like four days ago. And she asked me like, how was I with, um, Jonesy's anniversary? And I was like, I was actually like, I'm okay. I'm, I'm taking good care of myself. I'm making art. I know she was very much so big on being like, running and you better make your stuff. Like she was, she was, she was a person who felt that that was like core, you know, you know, like canon, like some things just have to happen in order to make somebody work. And for me, I be, it depends on the phase that I'm in. I might need to make it. I might need to not make it, but I'm always doing it in my head. I'm always thinking about it. So I'm like, just because the public doesn't see it doesn't mean it's in the, it's not in the pipeline. In fact, black girl love notes, the, one of the journals, that, that whole journal was written in 2016. I wanted to, I like, I literally was able to take the handwritten, like sheet by sheet version of that journal and drop it into Canva and then drop it on an Amazon. I did not have to do any new writing for that. So again, it happens in phases. And I think the point that I'm trying to make, the finer point that I'm trying to make about grief and me making this post is that It changes on a day-to-day basis. And what was really difficult three weeks ago, it was like fine last weekend because I was shipping, I was shipping, I was figuring out like more about advertising and like refining, refining, refining. And girl and girl hit me again today. I was like, oh my God. Like I remember the moment Shanita was like, for Black Girls are from the future, the book wasn't even done. And people came and people bought it. They were like, oh, whenever it's done, you know, we'll buy it, you know, whatever. We'll buy it. 
Um, they came to the reading and then we had like a, a dinner afterwards. And, oh my God. One of my biggest regrets is not making a full video about the day. Yo, if you have a pop-up for your debut book, do like, do, 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 do archival footage. Do archival footage because I have pictures, but I needed, I needed video. I needed video. I have pictures. I have pictures. I hired a photographer. Shout out to EJ. I needed, I needed video to, to be able to document in a very specific way because everything is video now. Not everything is, but a lot of it is. Um, the finer point, again, that I'm trying to make about grief is that I'm learning new things about it. And there was a point where it was so hard. And I, I think what I'm, uh, what I'm trying to convey to the writers is that it's just going to be points where you can have the craft down. You ha can have the craft down. But there's other things that are going to go be going through your head that you're going to have to, I don't even want to say mitigate, because I don't ever, I don't ever want to not think about Jonesy or not think about Chanita. That's just that's savage. But I think I think recognizing the grief and holding it gently and still doing what the fuck you gotta do. That's what I'm talking about. Recognizing the grief, holding it gently, and still getting it done. Still getting it done. Still getting it done. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not, it's not putting me into like freeze mode. You know, it's not putting me into curl up, you know, cause you know, I'm, <laughs> it cancer rises. You like to curl up. I'm going to curl up. I'm going to go inside real quick. I like to curl. I like to curl it up. I like to curl it up. Yep. I do. I like to curl it up. But, um, I think that. What I what what I what I want to share? Why I'm, I want to share the grief piece, but the other piece that I also want to share is the back end. Is that I ultimately came to the conclusion that while I'm doing these journals, I really need to do a book of poetry. And what I lo love about this moment is that I know enough about the process that I can I already have the cover. I've been thinking about this one other cover. I was like, this cover is beautiful. It looks like black girls are from the future. I set up doing like. I did so many hours of Mid Journey that Mid Journey made me buy a higher package in in June. I didn't even have the money for it. I didn't have the money. Mid Journey was like, "Yo, <laughs> Renee, no more, no more iterations for you. No more iterations for you." And so, um, <laughs> I was just, I was just fascinated by being able to get these visuals that accompany a world that. I, we have been co-building, right? Worlds, really, because one black girl world is connected to another black girl world. But worlds that we have been co-building. And I was like, oh my goodness, y'all, it came full. It came so hardcore full circle that I've never done anything like this before. Like, I've done podcasts. I've done advertising, you know, with voiceovers. But I never was just like, yo, this is so important. And maybe I'll format it as a podcast. I, we'll see. I like being experimental. And that leads me to my final point, which is that the grief piece has to be handled. Not it has to be. I'm not, I'm not going to. I don't like being prescriptive. For me, that I have, I have found that it is important for it to be handled delicately and what I found about this particular moment and with today is the lack 
uh, what is the newness? The newness of this moment is having profound grief and profound clarity. That is wild. I ooh, girl, I ain't never had that. I ain't never just, you know, just had my whole life kind of be up in the air and still have the 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 creativity. And I've I've been working towards it. I've been working towards it because I've talked to other writers like about how how do you write when everything is unstable? And they were like, you just do. And I was just like, blood, that's not really, that's not really finessing it for me. That's not, you know, it's not as the young people say, it's not do, it's not giving what it needs to give. It's not giving me anything. I need, I needed something else. And so the way that I knew today that I had turned a corner with the grief was that I came to the conclusion that I was like, yo, you need to do a book of poetry, right? And and then immediately was like, oh, I could put that in there. I could put that in there. Oh, I can put these tweets. Like, and I was like, well, is it really poetry if it's tweets? And then girl, that's the, the, the way, another way that I knew that I was really clear was I immediately went back to being at Mills. And I remember being in all these white institutions have told me that I don't know how to write. Right. Huh, duh. I'll be like, just be looking at them like, girl, what are you talking about? Um, but I listen and I learn their ways. But that's a big part of the black girls are from the future stuff. Right. Well, not black girls are from the future stuff, but this black girls are from the future way of being where these institutions will say something to you. And then it's expected for you to internalize it. And it's just like. It's not that I don't know how to write. I don't know how to write the way that you think is valid. I know how to write. (laughs) That's like telling me I'm not here. (laughs) I'm here. I know how to do it. And so my my unique story and this, oh my goodness, the, the way all of it came back to me tonight was just so powerful. The unique story is that when I was at Mills, college i went there for a year and for you for all of you who don't know mills is the only women's school west of the mississippi and it's actually in deep east oakland my mother was very relieved when i went there girl only went there for a year i was like i gotta go <laughs> i gotta go but i went for a year i, I did my due diligence and then i was i was bound for new york but what was what was important about that experience there was that i was one of like three people put in the um the the English, the English students, the students in like, you know, the first, first year English class who need help. So to this day, I remember the class and I remember there was a grad student. She was probably a master's degree student because they had a very strong and still have a very strong journalism and English program that puts you like directly into publishing. And this woman helped me edit my essay. And I remember her like talking to me and we had to, I had to go to the class and then had to meet with her whenever there was a paper due. So it's basically like, you know, one-on-one tutor writing center, which I think all students are entitled to, right? I didn't, again, I didn't, I didn't internalize it being remedials. I was just like, I just, you know, I need more help. We all need more help one way or another, but everybody's not, everybody's not like me in that way. And I respect it. So I remember the, the, uh, what's relevant to Black Girls Are From the Future is that the essay is about Intozaki Shange, our ancestor, and Adrian Rich. And Adrian Rich is a white lesbian feminist poet. I believe, is she from the second wave? Oof, correct me if I'm wrong. I should know this. I'm like a women's studies major, <laughs> amongst other things. And pro- of course, Professor 
Anthrozaki Shange was a novelist and a poet and a playwright. In the argument that I made in this in this essay, which I actually wish I still had a copy of, was that both of these women had to invent a new language in order to be seen in new ways. And I was like, hot diggity dog, there it is, me cake. There it is. There it is. I was like, put everything in a Black Girls Are From The Future poetry book. Put that, Put do the cover, you know, post the post. Um, put the tweets in there. Maybe even, maybe even talk about the fact that you were, you've always been inventing new forms. And that experience at Mills is a part of the origin story. Because here's the thing. I think it was maybe like maybe on the classes were small because you know it's a small it's a small private school, and my English class was seminar so maybe it was like thirteen or fourteen people, maybe fifteen. Um, it was in one of those like it would look like a like a corporate like office space really. Now that I think about it, looking back, and the 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 tutorial room or like the I think there were like study sessions or editing sessions or what they were called I just needed help with structure which you know whatever it makes sense I have lots of ideas of course I need help with structure um I remember the master's degree student looking at me and being like you don't really have to come here anymore like you don't really like you don't need to be here and I was just like I know <laughs> Like, I remember a point of her being like, you really have a handle on this. And let me tell y'all, to this day, my admissions essay was written on Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. Like, you know how you have to do a writing sample in order to go to, like, journalism program? Not journalism, in order to be a journalist. For Mills, you had to write a personal statement, but they also wanted to see, like, an example of your writing work. And to the and that girl, I wrote it on. I had hand wrote it on paper because <laughs> I didn't have a computer at the time. I hand wrote it, and I would girl, I would give. I wouldn't give anything, but I would give a lot to get my hands on that. So I say all this to say that there is the grief. The entire point of this is a to announce the fact that I'm doing the poetry, and it's going to be beautiful. But also to talk about the grief journal and how it's showing up in my own life. I'm not just doing this as some abstract exercise, but it's it's really kind of like, I mean, I don't, I want to say like, I feel like I'm in the ring with Tyson, but I feel like, like Debo is bullying me a little bit. (laughs) I think like Debo, like definitely approaches me and be wanting my chain. And it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, and I'm figuring my way out through it. And I just, I'm, I'm grateful that I've, I didn't stop and that you all, of course, have continued to encourage me and that I see, I've seen new ways to alchemize the grief and take care of myself, Right. Because that's important because, you know, this empire is, girl, <laughs> that's, a, that's a topic for a whole other, the whole other, I guess this will be a podcast. That's a topic for a whole other podcast. Um, I think that there is hope for us. I am not going to say that it's not painful. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. 
So the teacher in me feels like I have to do takeaways. So the takeaways are that the grief is going to feel insurmountable at times. Like it's just going to be overwhelming. It's going to be out of pocket. There are going to be what I hope and and what I've experienced. It's going to be insurmountable. It's going to be out of pocket. It will lighten itself. People will check on you, i.e. Josephine. Because she wasn't even here for like a good 24 hours. And she was like, I just wanted to let you know that I'm here. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I understand you're busy. You're probably here for work. <clears throat> and I was like, I'll, I'll come. But if you're tired, I'm not going to come because, duh, you have to work. Like, I love you, but also now I'm not the center of your universe. <laughs> Hello. Um, and... There are way there's there's ways that your your nervous system. This is the promise I want to give y'all the the hope and the possibility of the promise. There are ways that your nervous system can integrate all of it and help you to see how to put it all together. That's it. That's it. That's it. Because the fact that I was able to go all the way back to Mills and be like, oh, well, you started this, like, you know, learning about women writers and pushing the boundaries and not internalizing anybody who said that you can't write. And it's been said to me over and over again. And I'm just like, okay, so where's the training? Black girls are from the future. We don't internalize that, that stuff. We don't internalize that. We can't even begin to carry that. We have so much already to carry. Y'all got to give that to somebody else's stuff. And going back to Professor Intozaki Shange, that, where is my stuff? Because that's not my stuff. Our OGs taught us how to identify what is and is not our stuff. And how to see what somebody is walking off with it. So that was just very much so this full circle moment for me that I want to share with y'all for, especially if you're thinking about just, just, just not even if you're a writer, but if you, if you're just trudging through anything and you're like, Jesus, where is the relief? It comes in fits and starts. It comes in fits and starts. And I, I'm in a, um, I think I'm in a start moment (laughs) and I'm really, I'm really excited. And I hope that, you all are able to celebrate this book with me, honey, because I can feel the energy already. So we are wrapping up the second Black Girls Are From The Future podcast, celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the book Black Girls Are From The Future, Essays on Race, Digital Creativity, and Pop Culture. We are also celebrating the new drops of journals I put together Initially, eight journals. Now it's eight journals and a book of poetry. The journals deal with grief. The journals deal with joy. The journals deal with love. In particular, love notes. Like, I gathered a whole series of 80, probably 80 tweets that went semi-viral in Tumblr posts. And I assembled them all together. And ironically, I did it on Valentine's Day. I probably was single then. <laughs> yeah, I was single. Valentine's Day 2016. And I was like, you know what? I'm single. I'm, I'm going to make some art. That's always my response. Like, I'm single. I need to do something. I'm either going to go to New Orleans, go to Brooklyn, or make art. Look at that life. Look at that life. That's not a bad life. That's not a bad life. 
But to go back to the journals, I have one on grief. I have one on love. I have one on joy. And then and then there's like a section where I focus on black women and women of color's experience at work. So I have one titled, Girl, You Ain't an Imposter. Because I talk to young people and they'll be like, Bernina or like Miss Lady Mams, if they don't know me. And I'm like, you know, outside in public. And they, they get curious and we start chit-chatting and they'll be like, well, it seems like you know a lot about a lot of stuff. And I was like, girl, I've been, you know, I've been in fancy schools since I was 12 years old. I need to know. And so I started distilling down what I really saw, the issue that I saw uh, <clears throat> that seemed to be a lot of young people had, which is that they felt like an imposter when they got to work. And I would have to be like, I remember like four questions that I, I, I began to ask, um, what was your major? How many years in your field do you have? How many internships do you have? And what is your work ethic? And when I would ask them those questions, they would sound confident. They would sound, you know, um, invested, intelligible, you know, all this stuff. So I would be like, I would be trying to balance it off in my head or balance it out in my head. The fact that here's this person who doesn't know me from a can of paint. And sometimes it would be people I know I knew too. So it wouldn't be strangers. It would be people I knew and then um strangers as well. <clears throat> but when I when I when I questioned them, they just seemed, you know, capable. And I began to realize I was like, Oh, it's you're not an imposter. That's just white supremacy, girl. That's just white supremacy. That's not, that has nothing to do with you. You are in a field and or in an institution that just wasn't built for you. So that tension isn't you being an imposter. That tension is you integrating yourself somewhere. And so that's what, that's what that journal is about. But that journal is also going to be a course. So girl, you ain't good. Ain't an imposter is a journal and a course. And uh, what's the other one that's a journal and a course? Fragile and Fragile and Fearless. Fragile and Fearless is my signature program that I'm actually also going to offer one-on-one coaching on. And essentially, it comes down to the fact that I don't I don't like when people look at Black people as not being complex, because Black people are complex. And I don't like when people look at Black women as not being complex, because we're very complex. And so when I was putting together Fragile and Fearless, it, it gets at both of those. It gets at the fact that women... And black women and black women, hold on, women in general, black women in particular are very complex and so are black people. And so I wrote this program and when I mean my program, it literally has like units, questions, um, an entire framework around helping us to see ourselves in a way that the world may not see us. And that's Okay. That's okay. The world will get there, but we have, you know, we have to do our work no matter what the world is doing. And so really the phase that I'm at now is celebrating this momentous occasion because a lot, a lot of black women never, never even have get the privilege to celebrate the fact that there's a 10 years anniversary of their book. Like it's a privilege to be, to even be able to write one and have it in the world. Not thank y'all because without y'all, like who's going to read it? Hello? <laughs> And also to put out the journals. And in the in the next the next podcast, I'm gonna talk about the fact that I wanted to do journals when I was like 21 and who discouraged me and what they encouraged me to do instead. I know, I know, but you know the heart wants what the heart wants. And it don't go anywhere. It just stays, it stay, it just stays there patiently waiting for you. 
it stays there. It stays there. for some of us. It stays there patiently waiting for you. I won't say that for everyone. I like to. I like to speak about how my experience may inform somebody else's, but I don't like making mine universal because people, you know, we change and we're dynamic. And that's another that's another way that we're complex. But just to wrap up this podcast, I just want to I'm just so grateful for these these 10 years. I'm grateful for these last six weeks. And I look forward to hearing your feedback. I'll drop another one next week. So Black Girls Are From The Future podcast episode three is coming. Thank you for supporting me. Love you.